welcome to the Owners Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Prue Chapman, and I'm here to help you build a better business. Whether you're just starting out or you're looking to grow your global empire, this is the place for you. My mission here is to inspire and educate a new wave of business owners. Business owners that value purpose and planet equally with profit and projections so that we can truly use business as a force for good. Here, I'll be sharing real-time, real-world strategies that I've learned from mentoring over 15,000 businesses. We'll be covering everything from entrepreneurial mindset and marketing right through to leadership, finances, growing your team, and everything in between. Most importantly, I'll be helping you build the business that's right for you. To get started, download my free guide to starting and scaling your business at theownerscollective.com forward slash start and scale. Welcome back, listeners. And before we dive into today's interview, I have a very special announcement that we have just opened up super early bird places in our high-end hustlers program. So if you're ready to grow your gig, connect with a like-minded community and get weekly mentoring from me for a full five months, then head over to highendhustlers.com and you can find out all the juicy details there for our July kickoff. It is going to be an incredible amount of fun. All right, let's get to today's episode. My guest for today is Fleur Madden, the founder of Freelancing Gems, a new female-only job platform for female freelancers, consultants, sole traders, and side hustlers who are leading their field across all industries and offering them the chance to showcase their skills and experience for employers to find these rare gems of talent. Now, what you do need to know is that Fleur is not new to the business game. And in fact, she's got over 18 years experience in running her own businesses, including the Red Republic that she started when she was 23 and sold 14 years later to a multinational, followed by an online beauty company, Lulu and Lipstick, that she sold in 2016. And she's since sat on international boards and other CEOs on growth strategies and preparing a business for sale. So she's incredibly passionate about the advancement of women at work and creating opportunities for women to grow and evolve. Flo, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Prue. Uh, I'm thrilled that you're here. And we should mention to our listeners as well, in case they hear a bit of rain, that you're in Brisbane. I'm in Byron. It hasn't stopped raining for about three months. We were just chatting about it. You might Um, also hear a newborn baby in the background too, but let's just go with it. I love it. Keeping it real. And I think it's about 80% of our listeners are female. Uh, I know that we both speak to the same audience. So this is going to be a really good one. And I'm sure that they all understand one, newborn babies and two, just very random um, areas of working. So (laughs) (laughs) we're in for a good conversation. Okay. So I really wanted to kick off with kind of having a look at really where your game is, where your focus and attention is. And that is that we've seen this huge surge in female freelancers over Mm -hmm. the past 12 months. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I'd love to know from your perspective, what role has COVID played in that? And then, you know, are there other factors at play? What's what's, What's sitting behind this big surge? Mm. Well, look, I think there is absolutely no doubt that women were disproportionately affected during COVID. You know, more women lost their jobs than men during COVID. Um, A lot of us have had to step into carers mode, whether that be for children or parents, etc. And a lot of women who were working in part-time capacities before, obviously, you know, lost their jobs during COVID too in greater numbers. A lot of the industries that women traditionally work in were really adversely affected. So, did COVID affect uh, the future of work? Absolutely. There, there is no doubt about that. And because of that, we're seeing a lot of women enter the gig, the gig economy um, that perhaps have never 
thought about being a consultant, who have never thought about freelancing or having their own business. And when we say gig economy, what that really means is, is that you're not a full-time employee. So you go from job to job, contract to contract, project to project. And you may, um, you know, what we, we are hearing from a lot of our members at Freelancing Gems is that they're actually making more money than they did before. They've got more flexibility to uh, work the hours they wish to work, etc. So it, it has been a positive move for a lot of people, even, you know, I guess a little bit of a rainbow at the end, um, despite what's been a really hard year. So I think that, you know, COVID, has it played a part? Yeah, it absolutely has. But in saying that as well, what the way we work has been changing for a long time. And, you know, we, we look at markets like the US uh, where that freelancing gig economy is just growing exponentially. So certainly I think the freelance market in Australia has been growing already, um, but we are probably seeing people entering it that never thought that they were going to. Um, and some of them are really loving it. Mm, I couldn't agree more. And what I think is really interesting is the way in which I think traditionally we always saw full-time employment as the safest seat in the house. And I think what COVID has shown us and, you know, the global financial crisis, you know, going back sort of 12, 13 years now, you know, a number of these things showed us actually when you're a full-time employee and you're locked into one position and with a very specific skill set, it's not necessarily and quite often not at all the safest seat in the house. But when you are able to go from job to job, when you have this varied skill set, when you're versatile in your approach to work, both in the way that you work and in, you know, having a broad skill set, I firmly believe that that's the safest seat in the house. Well, you're controlling your own destiny, aren't you, in in a lot of ways? Because I guess when you have, um, and make no mistake, being freelance is absolutely having a small business. And it's up to you how hard you hunt. It's up to you how much is in your business pipeline. And I think there's definitely opportunities um, that present themselves that you don't have when you work full time. Um, and I think that, you know, this this is the way of the future. The future of work has changed for all of us. And I'm definitely, you know, we still see businesses that come onto our platform to post job ads at Freelancing Gems, and they want to post for a full-time employee. Now, we, we still say, yes, they can post that on there, but the reality is is that a lot of people, um, you know, are not looking for that full-time role right now. They're looking for the flexibility for lots of different reasons, and it might be, you know, the care factor with being a mother um, and having to having to be the main caregiver. A lot of women over a certain age who may have had very successful careers in full-time roles potentially are looking to redefine their nine to five. They don't want to work nine to five. They have a, they have a meaningful contribution to make. They still want to be in the workforce, but they want to do it at different hours. They want to be flexible. And so, you know, that is the way of the future. And I think it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for employers to think differently about how they recruit. Like imagine, if when you were posting a job ad, you were just looking for the very best person anywhere in the world to do this job, as opposed to the best person that sits in a geographical location. You know, that's a really different mindset. So I think it's it's an opportunity and we need to embrace it. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's just there's so much opportunity in this present time right now. And what I've loved seeing is that for the most part, people have been really embracing it. And I think platforms like yours definitely, um, they help make that transition because for someone who has grown up with that nine to five mentality and they've moved into the workforce and moved into a full-time job and maybe gone from one full-time job to the next full-time job, um, you know, either whichever way you phrase it, whether it's becoming a freelancer, owning your own business, starting your own gig, it can feel incredibly daunting. So, um, yeah, it's it's just, you know, it's, it's different from everything that anyone ever knew. So I'd say, I guess two questions for you then. First of all, what, what are the barriers to people making that leap? And then once they do make the leap, what are the challenges that freelancers are facing these days? Well, we are trying to take a lot of those barriers out at Freelancing Gems. So unlike other job platforms where you just, you know, get on and post your profile and hope a job comes up that suits you, um, we actually, when our members join, we give them access to a bunch of business tools they need. So one of the biggest barriers is I have no idea what to do. I don't know how to start my own business. So we actually give them a um, a book that is to guide them on their freelance journey um, and set them up for success. So I think it's about seven pages long and literally takes them through each of the steps that they need to be set up successfully from an accounting perspective, from a legal perspective, from a business name registration, looking at also how they intend to market themselves. Do they need a website? Should they start social media? Like we literally take them through all those steps. They also then as a member have access to buy other business tools. So if they need uh, contract so that they can send it to potential employers. Um, you know, if they're looking at putting on another freelancer to work alongside them, do they need an employment contract? We've also got that there for them. Um, we've got a lot of guidebooks too on how to really get your business development thriving, uh, how to build your own brand. So we're taking the guesswork out of it for them. Also, I think a big barrier for a lot of women is it is isolating. You know, they're they're not working in an office necessarily with lots of other people. This is all new to them. So we definitely have a community around freelancing gems too. So we have free webinars with different amazing speakers. We have an entrepreneur in residence um, every a uh, few months and we've had some amazing, amazing women. We had Chelsea Bonner who um, has a curvy modelling agency out of Sydney that is like leading the body diversity conversations around Australia and has been for the last 10 years. Uh, this month we've also got Jo Burston who has Inspiring Rare Birds, which is a mentorship program for women and inspiring women to have a million more entrepreneurs um, in, in Australia. We've also had uh, Kelly Jamison who is from Adelaide and owns Edible Blooms, which is a online gifting company. They look like flowers, bouquets of flowers, but they're actually chocolates. And she has expanded globally. I think Kelly's had her business about 16 years. So we've had these amazing women that our members get to connect with um, because they may never have that opportunity to connect with other entrepreneurs and other women that in business. So we really are trying to make sure that they feel that community, they don't feel isolated so that we take away a lot of those barriers. I guess um, that they are some of the biggest challenges, not being set up professionally, not having a community around you, not having access to other women who are travelling the same road as you. And so we really, you know, we've done a lot of research into what those barriers were and we're trying to overcome them at every step. We've got a 
pop-up co-working event in Brisbane for women in about two weeks' time. So I think that's April 20th or April 22nd, somewhere around there. Sorry, I'll need to check that date. And that's just a one day to work together with other women because the other barrier that women have is that they feel really isolated working from home by themselves. Like women or men would feel isolated by that. Um, So, yeah, we really are trying to take away those challenges. Yeah, and I definitely see that in you know, all the women that we work with as well is that, you know, to take that leap, it does. And I think isolation is the biggest thing, you know, particularly if you've, you're in that kind of corporate environment and you're used to having those, what do they call them? Like water cooler chats or chats around the printer or the photocopier or whatever, to, to actually step outside and, you know, all of a sudden be at home 24 seven with your family, whether that's a good thing or not such a good thing. It can feel incredibly um, isolating, both physically and emotionally, obviously. And so then I guess the next step is is once once they do take that leap um freelancers are they're they're out there it, it's a different it's a completely different mindset and I know you'll understand this Fleur, as well as I do going from you know just working kind of in a, in a role within a company to all of a sudden you do everything and I know this you know, that our members just come across where it's like, okay, well, there's no IT help desk to call. There's no, um, there's no one doing the business development, you know, that the clients just land on your desk. There's no social media department. So what are the challenges when people have taken the leap and they're out there, you know, rocking their own gig? What are the big challenges you see them coming across out there? Well, I think um, having that support network is really important. So joining different business groups is really important so that you you meet somebody that's in IT that can help you. You know, you meet somebody who's in small business accounting so they can support you at tax time. Um, you make sure you're levelling up. And I actually think that's exciting, uh, but that's also my personality in that, you know, you never want to feel like you're not learning. And I think when you do something that's so outside your comfort zone, you are always learning, you are always pushing yourself and levelling up. Something that we do hear a lot of women say is, uh, you know, I'm not an out there personality in terms of getting new business. Like how do I hunt for new business when, you know, I'm quite a reserved person? And I think business development and sales, the second you say the word sales, people just kind of freak out. And the reality is that business development is relationship building and it's got to feel authentic. It's not about, you know, you only, if a successful sales transaction is where both of you feel that you're getting value from the relationship. Um, And certainly I think when you are a consultant or a small business owner and you only have a few clients, you want to make sure that's a really positive relationship. So telling, knowing what you bring to the table and being confident with that is really important. Um, So definitely sitting down at the beginning of your business journey and outlining what is the value I bring? What can I offer in services that is different to what my competitors could be offering? And everybody says things like, um, you know, they offer an unparalleled service. Well, what what does that actually mean? I think, you know, these days we've got to be realer with it, with what the service is and what the value is we bring to the table. So I think if you if you can see that business development is actually about building authentic relationships, it's not picking up the phone and cold calling. It might mean that you reach out to five new 
businesses in the next month that you would really love to work with and contact them in some way, whether that means you're sending them, I love a handwritten card um, with some information on your business or whether you've linked in with them and you say, hey, listen, I love your brand. I'd love to work with you. This is what I could bring to the table. Please think of me if there's an opportunity. Now, most people don't turn around and are like, oh, I'm so insulted. They loved my business. Most people are like, wow, that's such a compliment. Thank you. I will think of you, Prue, next time something comes up. So I think just taking the scariness out of business development is a real challenge for people. And another big challenge that's very overwhelming is how to charge appropriately and know, um, you know, know, know your own worth. We did a recent survey that showed two out of three women who are in consulting believe they are charge they are charging themselves out at less than what they're worth. Now that's just really sad. At the end of the day, we should all be getting paid what we're worth. And if, if it is up to us um, to dictate our professional fees when you're a consultant, and it's really important to make sure that you're competitive. Um, I saw a tweet recently from some guy in the US who was like, I just put out a tender and I, ha- I think he said he had 25 people apply and of those 25, all the women were putting in at 50% less than what the men's professional fees were. Like, that's huge. I mean, we say that we that women traditionally charge 38% less than their male counterparts, but the gender pay gap in consulting is real. You cannot dispute it and it is up to us to make sure that we are charging what we are worth. And now is absolutely the time for this. I mean, what is going on, I mean, globally with the Me Too movement, which obviously started a few years ago, and then everything that's going on in Australia right now, it is being brought to the forefront. And it is as though this planet is auto-correcting itself at the moment. You know, there are some there are some huge disparities that are now boiling up to the surface and not sitting underneath anymore, but actually being there in plain sight to be seen. So, I'm going to dive in here a little bit deeper, Flo, because I, I love this as a topic. I think this is very helpful for our listeners. And I understand that you've got a four-step process to help women set a competitive rate based on their skills and experience, goals and priorities. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, for sure. Look, we actually have created an all-industry rate card as well at Freelancing Gems. So when you join up as a member, you're given that industry rate card and we show you a scale. So from if you have, you know, if you're a junior through to me- to mid-level to a senior consultant, what you where's the scale of what you should be looking at charging, um, and it is a guide. You know, absolutely, we've got this information from you know m- multiple different sources, and it's taken a long time to collate. Um, but it's there because women weren't charging appropriately. So I think uh, that is a question we get asked a lot when people join: is how do I set my rates? So. The first step would be, you know, identify your own expectations as well. If you were in market working full time, what would your salary expectations be? In, include on top of that taxation and super, et cetera. And then look at breaking that down into, I, I prefer a day rate. A lot of, if I'm working with a consultant, um, I don't love hourly, but some, I would. what my other suggestion is make sure you give yourself opportunity to charge yourself out at a day rate, uh, an hourly rate, a project rate, a monthly retainer where you know that you are not exceeding the hours if you're doing retainer work, but give yourself that flexibility so that you don't cut yourself out of jobs. 
But work backwards once you've figured out what the overall salary expectation is for the year to, and then check out our rate guide to make sure that that actually fits with what this, the industry going rates are. What we were finding is that a lot of the time um, that our members should have been charging a little bit extra and, um, you know, this just gives you the opportunity to benchmark, I guess. And then, as I said before, be flexible. Don't put up barriers so that people can't engage you with your services. I can't tell you the number of times, you know, that we've even been looking for consultants at Freelancing Gems. And I've said to them, you know, I, I like to work on a day rate personally because I want to know I've got you for the day. We're smashing out some work together. And they've come back and gone, oh, look, I only have hourly rates. So it's either that or nothing. And I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't work for me. So no worries. We'll find another consultant. Or, you know, we have people say, I've also heard people say things recently where it's like, um, look, I prefer retainer, which is totally fine, um, but that does mean I won't be very responsive and if you need something done urgently, I won't be able to assist you. Like all that language is so negative. Don't put up barriers so that up front you're telling people why it won't work for the two of you. Be flexible. Know your hourly rate, your daily rate, your weekly rate, a retainer price project fees. Know all of that up front before you get going so that you there are no barriers to entry to work with you. Also, calculate your hours. Step three, um, you know, there's a, almost 2,000 standard business hours in a year. Not all of them are billable. So, once you remove potentially annual leave or holidays, also you might say, you know what, I want to take two months holiday a year. So, in reality, only, and I only want to work two days a week. So, in reality, I only have this many days uh, hours in my month that I can bill myself out at. So know what that is when you're w- figuring out your rate. You can make your own rules. I mean, that's the whole thing and beauty of being in your own business um, and dictating how much you should be being charged out at as well. And then also don't forget to add super, add tax, add GST to your rates so that you aren't cutting into your profits. Now, that doesn't need to be something you share with your clients. Um, I don't think that, for instance, if you suddenly start needing to charge GST, you need to, that needs to be additional for your clients that may have already been built into the cost um, when you were presenting that to them. People don't want to know that then they've got to pay extra for these things. You need to present it in a way to them that this was the overall cost and you you are taking it out behind the scenes, if that makes sense. Um, you, know, yeah. you don't want to break it down and go, oh, and this was my super, etc. Like that all just needs to be into your daily rate or your hourly rate or weekly rate, whatever it might be. And you need to account for that yourself. And yeah, that's sort of, they're sort of the key things, I guess, that you should be looking at when setting up to become a small business owner. They are absolutely great. So just Going over those again for our listeners, um, you really want to be looking at, you know, being clear on your own expectations around your day rate, your retainer, your project rate, being flexible, calculating your hours, and then adding the super, adding the tax and everything on top so that it's not eating into your um, eating into your profits there. And I think that's really, really important because, of course, there's much more to consider when you are on that freelancing journey or that consultant journey or the small business owner journey, whichever language you want to use around it, you do need to consider um, the bigger picture that it's not just the money doesn't go straight into your pocket and stay there. It might get into your pocket, but some of it's going to bounce back out to a few different places that you need to consider. So following on here, on this kind of money 
money path that we're we're down at the moment. Um, particularly, what we've seen in a lot of our members is you know like m- money ebbs and flows on this small business journey. It does. So, I mean, what are your biggest tips for freelancers when it gets quiet during those quieter periods? Yeah. So look, I've been in business now two decades and I can tell you it is constantly a roller coaster. And I think especially when you are new to having your own business, you don't know the seasons and the cycles that, you know, for instance, if you were working, let's say all your clients are retail clients, you might be absolutely flat out at Christmas and sale time. And then it hits January, Feb, and you're pretty quiet. And you won't know that until you you sort of get into that industry. So One thing is always be hunting, always be looking for new business opportunities. Now, does that mean that once a month you go to a networking function, whether that is a digital networking function or an in-person networking function, and you're building your network up? Does it mean that you are contacting two or three more companies every month just to throw your hat into the ring? Or maybe you're using social media as one of the major driving forces to building your brand and getting interest in your business. And absolutely, you know, it's free unless, you know, obviously you're doing ads, but in terms of putting your content up, it is an amazing opportunity for us to showcase our work. So if you're not using social to build up um, interest in your business, you should absolutely start today. Um, And I think also in those quieter periods, looking at different ways you can add value to your clients and customers. So is that an opportunity for you? Let's say you're in marketing, for instance. Is that an opportunity for you to say, let's, you know, I'd love to help you with a strategy day. So we set the strategy for the next 12 months. Or really you taking it upon yourself to do a bit of an audit and of their marketing and come back and say, I've seen some other opportunities of areas I could add value. I could be writing your EDM content. I could be doing some of your social. So if you are adding value to a client, it's also identifying opportunities and ways of which you can help grow that relationship and grow their business. So I think when times are quiet, it's also time to dig deep and look at ways you can add value. I think that's an absolutely wonderful suggestion for everyone because there's so much when you do have time on your it's it's like the, it's this seesaw right it's like people get really really busy with the work and they forget to do the business development then they get quiet they freak out and it is this constant roller coaster that can happen but I think also for people you know who are listening to this that are on that ride is just being like kind of fine-tuning yourself to become a little bit more detached from the business and from the roller coaster. Just know that small business always ebbs and flows by its very nature. It ebbs and flows. And one client can can put you into overwhelm and, you know, losing a client or a client finishing up like that can put you into not enough work. So it's such a fine game when you're a small business owner. But what I love that you've said there, Flora, is around that consistency as well is make use of the downtime. Don't, don't, get into a into a half and start spinning out of control because there's no work, but instead look at how can you actually add value? How can you, um, particularly to your existing clients or is there, you know, different ways that you can add value? Are there different places that you can show up where potential clients might be? And really see that downtime as an opportunity to do your business development um, so that you then are stacking the pipeline for another three, six, even 12 months in advance. Absolutely. And also, you know, I speak to consultants or freelancers frequently where I'm like, you know, we've got this project coming up, would you be interested? And then they come back and say, um, look, I'm fully booked, I can't help. I mean, another way of phrasing that would be, I'd love to connect with you. When's this project going to be starting? Like finding out more information. Maybe you're fully booked for this month, but 
you've got a window of opportunity coming up. You know, I think there's a, a lot of the time because there's a lot of new people entering this consulting market, they're, they're, just, they're just thinking about what's ahead of them in that next few weeks and really forecasting. I like to forecast at least three months in advance. What have I got coming up for the next three months? And don't put all your eggs in one basket. I know it's Easter. We just had Easter, but don't put all your eggs in one basket because I've been there in my own business as well, um, you know, with the Red Republic, when the financial crisis hit gosh, I can't remember when that was, like 2007 or, two. you know, we had 2008, I can't quite remember. We had uh, a large part of our business portfolio at that time was property-related clients. And that that financial crisis actually made our business because it made me really dig deep. And we lost, I would say, 50% of our portfolio in about six days. And then we had to look at diversifying our portfolio. So we weren't reliant on just one industry. Um, And there's been times where, you know, we've had major clients who've taken up 30, 40% of the team's work. And that's also petrified me. And I've worked really hard to go get other big clients because you can't just have one big client. You're putting all your eggs in one basket. So definitely diversifying your portfolio, making sure that you are also looking at that three-month forecast in advance so that maybe there are projects that you can... Most projects, people aren't looking for some... Well, sometimes they're looking for people to start immediately, but also sometimes they're looking for something that's coming up next quarter and you might be able to take it on. Absolutely. And there's also so much work that can typically, the client can typically get started on. And that's what I'm always telling, you know, people in our programs, it's, you know, never say I'm I'm fully booked. I think it's, you're just closing a door in someone's face for what could be the best client that's ever knocked on your door. So instead say, you know, this is when I've got an opening. However, what I would get you to do if you do decide to come on board is here's, I'll, I'll send you a list of all the things that I need. Here's the uh, a questionnaire that I want you to complete for me. And there's actually plenty of work to be done, you know, in the um, in the in the forefront so that when we actually get to kickoff day, we are absolutely ready to go. And a client or a potential client is really going to appreciate that level of thought um, in, in advance. It actually makes you look really organized. So instead of saying no to a client, you're saying yes to a great client, you're getting all this information that you need, and you're looking really professional at the same time. It's like win, win, win all round. And also meet with them, you know, meet with them and start the relationship because you don't know that even if the job may not move ahead for you, they might have another project that comes up in six months and they're like, we absolutely loved work. That time we met with you, Prue, we just feel like you would definitely be a great cultural fit in our business. We want you to work on this project with us. We're going to push it back by two months or we've got another project coming up at the end of the year and we want you on it. You know, don't, and you're so right. Don't shut that door, mate. It's an opportunity. Open the door, kick it open, walk through it, build the relationship. Yeah. And it's interesting. I was just talking on social media about this a few days ago. It's like, actually go and meet with people or pick up the phone and talk to people because we're just, we're so, um, we can really take the easy way out with like, oh, just DM me on Instagram or here, I'll send you an email, but actually go and build a relationship because exactly as you say, what doesn't come off today might come off in six months, 12 months. It could be your biggest client in 12 months time. You just never know. Yeah, beautiful. All right, now let's kind of flip the coin a little bit here because from an employer's perspective and because many people on here are running small businesses that have teams, what role can we be playing to choose choose female freelancers and promote more equal pay amongst freelancing and those with full-time jobs? What can we be doing as employers? 
Look, I think there is a unique opportunity at the moment in terms of women have never needed our help more, right? And as an employer, there are lots of companies that already have diversity programs. Um, There are others that should have diversity programs. But as, as Australians, this is a time where women as a whole need our help. And it isn't about taking anything away from men. We love men at Freelancing Gems. Uh, I am a mother to two sons and I have a gorgeous husband um, and a wonderful dad. So, you know, we it isn't about taking anything away from men. It's simply levelling the playing field. So if you do have a job that comes up um, that might be in a freelance, part-time, consulting, contract, gig work, you know, I would just love to say to your listeners, please think of businesses like Freelancing Gems. Now, you're clearly going to place that job ad in several different locations, might be going on LinkedIn, it might be going on Seek. So, just add a business that supports women to that mix. Um, And I think it's an opportunity in terms of as employers to recruit differently as well. There are a lot of employers that are gun shy at the moment about putting on full-time staff after everything that's happened with COVID. Obviously, JobKeeper just ended as well. Um, and there will be more people that will be could that were keeping their jobs um, through that period that will lose their jobs. Maybe their employers won't be able to um, you know, keep those roles full-time. They might be looking for part-time or consulting. And you know, I think it is an opportunity for us to look at how we build our talent pools and how in our businesses um, and get, I guess this is the way of the future now. And I think, you know, does this make your your palms sweaty when, when you're talking about having consultants working in your business apart from full-time employees? I'm sure there's a lot of people, it kind of does. This is a fundamental shift in how we work. But the future of work has changed. The, the talent pool and their requirements and what their hot buttons are has changed. And employers, we need to get on board with that. Um, I also think, Prue, you know, we've got to say goodbye to the nine to five, right? And that was something that I think COVID really showed us is that people can work from home. They don't have to be sitting at their desk between nine to five. They might, they can still work eight hour days. Uh, They can work 10 hour days, 12 hour days, but they don't need to do it specifically from nine to five. We are more in an environment where flexible working is the way. Um, Obviously, we have to have set operating hours and our customers or clients still need to be in contact with us during those periods, but changing our mindset on how our business can be more flexible is something that I think people should be talking about within their management teams. Um, Updating your systems as well so that you're able to facilitate external workers or remote workers uh, or flexible working arrangements. I mean, obviously, everyone scrambled last year to do that. So, we're now a lot of people are really well set up for that. But are there other ways um, that you can improve those systems as well? Because I think too, we've, you would have heard this, Prue, a lot of people don't want to return to the office five days a week, nine to five. You know, that's not the way that people want to work anymore after COVID. So, if we want that, um, if we want the best talent, if we want to be supporting more women to return to work, we need to make sure we have an environment that does that. And again, I just need to, you know, say that this isn't taking anything away from men. You know, we definitely, we, we support men at work as well. And if men want to join our platform, they are most welcome to. But the reality is the statistics don't lie. And we have a serious problem in Australia right now in relation to women at work and women out of work and women finding flexible work and women being paid what they're worth. And our message is quite simply choose women 
and make it a priority in your business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just as you're saying there is look for the opportunity in it. I mean, I know that we definitely have a lot of freelancers that come into my business and work and it's just you you, you have these people that really values aligned as well because they're saying no to the nine to five. Um, and, you know, they, they do have this sort of free-spirited energy. You get the absolute peak of the talent pool um, because particularly for women, you know, quite often they're at the peak of their career, whether they're in their late 20s or their early 30s and um, they start to have children. They don't want to go back to the nine to five because it's not flexible enough for their family. And so you have this incredibly talented pool of women at the top of their careers with incredible skills to bring and an outdated old nine to five system that doesn't suit them anymore. So there is so much opportunity in it for employers um, if you're open to it. So I'm a hundred percent on board with it. And I think um, there's a lot to be gained for employers to look at this situation differently. So now I know that you've had an incredible career. You've been you've been in this business game for a long time. You can hear it in the strength and conviction in your voice and the way that you do want to support women in business. I'd love to hear your three key lessons that you've learned um, over the past two decades of running your own business. Look, I think um, it's it's really interesting because some of my biggest lessons don't necessarily sound super positive, but I think what you've um, when you've been in business for almost twenty years and in your own businesses. It is a huge journey and there's a quote I really love and it's that no one ever drifted to the top of the mountain. So, you know, you always are climbing. You are always trying to get to that next stage and it is up to you to level up. It is up to you to push yourself. I have a quote on my vision board right now that says, don't play small and it's been on there for the last two years. And not that I think I've played small in the past, but I really want to push myself to think bigger and what and this looks great, but what if it looked bigger? What, what if we could expand those services? What if we could go to a global audience? Like, So really looking at myself and how I can level up all the time, I think no, the biggest challenge when you're in your own business for so long is that no one else pushes you. You've got to push yourself. And I can't say that I'm 100% motivated 100% of the time. You know, I've definitely gone through stages where I'm more motivated than others. Um, but I think if you know you've got to keep climbing that mountain and that it's up to you, I make a plan at the beginning of every year how I intend to level up, what are the goals I set for myself in business, personal and professional, because ultimately when you've got your own business, um, you put so much of yourself into it. You've definitely got to have those personal rewards. And I love setting a vision board every year. I'm not somebody that I would say is big into manifestation, or but it works. You know, I have this vision board sitting behind my desk and I look at it every day and I can honestly put my hand on my heart and say that a lot of the things I put on there come to fruition because it's in the, it's just there. It's just there in the corner of your eye and you keep pushing forward. So I think, um, yeah, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is just don't play small, keep pushing yourself forward. Another one, which uh, sounds a bit harsh, but it's true, and a friend said this to me maybe five years ago about her own business, and it just really run true for me, and it was that no one is coming to save you. Now, what, <laughs> what we mean by that is you have it all within you to get out of these, whatever situation it might be. So when you've lost some clients or the pipeline isn't as full, you know, a lot of us could sit around procrastinating or thinking, woe is me, what am I going to do? You know what you've got to do, dig deep, move forward, one foot in front of the other. 
you've just got to keep moving forward. And I think as an entrepreneur in multiple different industries, that's definitely something that I've learned. You can have your bad moment, but you've got to pick yourself up and you've got to move on. Um, And what would be the last thing I've learned? I think it's to surround yourself with awesome people. And I've always done that at the Red Republic. There are people there that have worked for me for 10 years plus. And, you know, that's because, you know, I found my tribe. And I think when you have your own business as well, you're really fortunate that you get to handpick the people you work with. And then with Freelancing Gems, uh, you know, this was just a concept I had and I knew Kirsty and Amanda. Uh, Kirsty, I've known her entire life. Our mothers uh, grew up together, but Kirsty's younger than me. So we didn't necessarily interact a lot over the years, but then we both had a baby at the same time and we started seeing each other more and Kirsty was talking a lot more about doing more work that mattered. Amanda, um, I have known for about 15 years in business. Uh, she's always had a amazing roles with companies like Mamma Mia and Daily Mail in the advertising departments. And I obviously had PR agencies. So we were always crossing paths. And Amanda was also at a stage in her life where she wanted to do more. And so I think, um, you know, in coming together, we've really been able to create some magic. And that is because you found your people. And, And I think when you're freelancing or consulting, it can be really isolating and you've got to find your people. So that, and we actually have a sisterhood program at Freelancing Gems. So when you sign up, you're matched with another woman who's on a similar journey to you. And you guys might just want to email once a week. You might want to FaceTime once a month. You might want to catch up for drinks. We don't mind. You can do whatever you want to do, but it means that you've got someone there that can support you as well. That maybe isn't a girlfriend or a family member that you can bounce things off. And I think just building your tribe is really important in business. Mm, I love those takeaways. They're just so on point. So don't play small. No one's coming to save you and surround yourself with awesome people. I I think that they are three of the best. Now, Fleur, I've absolutely loved this chat and I love what you're doing, you know, really out there on the forefront of supporting women in equality in the workplace. The time is absolutely now for it. I think we're seeing huge shifts and it's like, let's not just open this door a crack. Like let's fling it wide open, kick the door down, as I think you said earlier, and all charge through it together so that we can really make impact here and we can really shift what's going on. Everyone's got the awareness now. Like there's no more there, there's no more of that. We, we don't need to wait for that 50% kind of disparity that we we're talking about earlier of women um, undercharging themselves. We don't need to wait for that to change. Now's the time for change. So um, could you tell our listeners if they are interested, how can they connect with you? Absolutely. Look, jump on freelancinggems.com. Um, and I, I actually got through a testimonial the other day. It was, I think it was Wednesday. It was just before Easter from a lady that had joined up 10 days ago. She has had a hundred times return on investment already. She has two new jobs off our platform. She has another interview for another contract that's coming up as well. So within 10 days, she's already secured work. And when you get that, it just makes me realize this is what I'm here for. This is what we're doing. So if you are somebody that is in your own business or you're thinking about setting up a freelance business, you're looking for more work, come check out freelancinggems.com. But you can also follow us on our social platforms because we have a lot of really engaging content that does give tips and and speaks to, and you can also see our events that are coming up as well. Um, So, and all of them are just freelancing gems. So you can find us anywhere. Look me up on LinkedIn too. I'm happy to connect with people. 
And I think, you know, this is, we have about, I think it's almost 9,000 women that have connected um, or signed up to the platform in some capacity. And that's in six months. Like, this is what we're here for. And we're unapologetic about it. We are here to help women find meaningful work. Wonderful. I absolutely love it. So listeners, reach out. Um, just an incredible incredible place to connect, find more opportunities to learn, to continue to be educated. So um, Fleur, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute treat. It's been great to have a chat. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you never want to miss an episode, be sure to subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. I'm also dropping some juicy business building tips on Instagram. So head over to at Owners Collective to join in the fun. And finally, folks, if you're hungry for a deep dive into the entrepreneurial story behind some of the best businesses around, be sure to listen to my other podcast, One Wild Ride, where we talk all things good business, positive impact and epic adventures with the most inspiring entrepreneurs around. 